Wellbeing and you would like to acknowledge many indigenous nations have long-standing relationships with the territories where York University campuses are located, which precede the establishment of York University. Our podcast is produced and recorded on the traditional territory of many indigenous nations. The area known as Tikaranto has been caretaken by the Nishnabek Nation, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and the Huron-Wendat. It is now home to many First Nation, Inuit, and Métis communities. We acknowledge the current treaty holders, the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. This territory is subject of the Dish with One Spoon Wampum Bell Covenant, an agreement to peaceably share and care for the Great Lakes region. Hello everyone, I'm really excited for this fun day. I'm with Aslan Nguyen, who is the project coordinator of an exciting new book called Fuel, which is a cookbook for tips for meal planning for university students. Fuel stands for Feel Good University Eating and Living. A big congratulations to you, Aslan. I've really enjoyed going through your cookbook. How does it feel? Thank you so much, Clifton, for having me here today. It feels amazing to finally get this book out to the students. I'm super excited to be here today to chat more about the inspiration behind the book and how this book can be useful to other students. Again, a big congratulations uh, to you and your team for producing this for York University students and the entire York University community. Mm -hmm. I really loved exploring all the different recipes and all the tips and, and tricks that you have. But I especially love the acronym. Do you get the credit? Where did it come from? Uh, so yes, I did come up with the name FUEL. And it's a bit of a cheesy acronym standing for Feel Good University Living, uh, Eating and Living. Um, but yeah, so when I was developing ideas for the title of this cookbook, I knew I had to incorporate the word FUEL somewhere in there. I didn't know whether to use it as an acronym or just to weave it in there somewhere. But I felt like FUEL was the perfect word to truly encapsulate all the themes and ideas within this cookbook. Yeah, I- Our main goal here is to provide students with tips and tricks and recipes to support them in building a fueling diet so that they can get through their busy student day. Exactly. Um, so yeah, fuel in there was a non-negotiable and I'm really happy that you enjoy the acronym. It's a yes, bit cheesy, I but... <laughs> not cheesy at all. I love the acronym. It just reminds me as a student, we need energy for that 12-hour day, 14-hour exactly. day. And we need the fuel to get through the day. Exactly. Right? So, so let's start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The cookbook you in the cookbook you mentioned your passion and desire to create this for fellow students who are struggling to prepare meals while at university. So please tell us about your own personal experiences trying to create meals here as a student living in residence or on campus. Yeah, so um, having completed two years of uh, my undergraduate studies already, in both years I lived on residence at York and. Coming into my first year of university, I was so excited to move yes. to res, uh, living away from home for the first time. And as a big foodie, I was so excited to have my own kitchen and to cook for myself. I had big, big plans. I thought I was even going to be able to host dinner parties with friends. And unfortunately, I really it, reality was far from, from that expectation. I quickly realized with a busy student schedule that cooking for yourself becomes a bit tedious. Right. Uh, and, you know, I was absolutely shocked to, to feel that way because I was so passionate about food, cherished every single meal, loved cooking for myself. So having all of that passion that I had for food pretty much dwindle away to nothing wow. was such a shocker and really proved how challenging 
being a student and cooking for yourself really was. Um, and so when I joined the uh, health education promotion team and became a peer health educator myself, this was a gap in resources that I wanted to bridge. Right. Um, and so the development of this cookbook stems from my experience really struggling with maintaining strong nutrition and eating habits as a student living away from home for the first time. And I wanted to support my peers who I knew also would struggle with a similar challenge, especially those of us who maybe have never even cooked uh, while living at home. Right. Uh, and this being a new skill that they have to develop while living away from home for the first time. Um, so you really recognize this early on and from your experiences from first year, not only yourself, you saw this also in your peers, I could imagine. Yeah, so you know, living with roommates and having yeah. lots of friends who lived on campus, this was a common struggle for all of us, trying to figure out what was the best way to fuel ourselves for the day when cooking was sometimes the last priority of ours after a long day in classes or writing exams. Right, such great information for all of us. And I'm so excited to try some of the, the meals that you came today, but just before we get into uh, the meals, you know, you have all this experience now. You're going into your third year. Mm -hmm. I always like to say, if you could talk to that first year Ashlyn, what advice and what tips would you give her or anyone going into their first year about preparing for, for meals? So over the last two years, I've definitely built my repertoire of tips and tricks to make cooking and eating on campus easier. Yes. One of those being to experiment with meal planning. Okay. Uh, this is something that I really started to prioritize in my second year after my first year, really struggling with maintaining good eating habits and pretty much just eating sandwiches when I could, which would take less than two minutes to prepare. But meal planning is great because you allocate some time on your weekend to cooking and you can prep meals ahead of time for the week to come. Right, Meaning all okay. you need to do is grab and go as you go throughout the week. Um, and it's really useful in terms of eliminating that thinking time and also that cooking time during the busy Monday to Fridays. In addition to this, I my biggest tip and, and my holy grail uh, trick is to find ways to utilize pre-prepped um, or um, pre-cooked food. So for example, uh, purchasing uh, pre-cooked chicken or right. pre-prepped pre-marinated proteins at the grocery store, looking at where you can um, prepare, sorry, buy pre-prepped soups, for example, that are just grab to go, makes cooking a lot easier, even if it's just on some of the components. So let's say you're trying to build, um, you know, a chicken bowl for yourself. Right. Maybe you only need to make the grains instead of having to also cook the chicken if you purchase rotisserie chicken from the grocery store the weekend before. Um, it's a great tip. And you can also utilize frozen fruits and and uh, preserved uh, ingredients as well to just, again, cut down on time of actually having to cook and just focus on pulling together a good meal in the time that you're willing to allocate. So it's all food. about saving time. Exactly. Right. And it sounds economical too, which we'll get into in a second. Mm -hmm. So what do we have in front of me? This looks so delicious. I, I can't wait to eat some <laughs> of this, Ashley. I'm glad to hear. So the first recipe I have for you to taste test today is the overnight oats recipe in the book. It's actually the first recipe put in the book. Okay. And it was developed by myself as well as photographed by myself, which okay. you can so see. Okay, so it's easy to find right in the book, right in the beginning. Exactly. Okay. And this is a great example of how you can meal prep. Um, so with overnight oats, you can prepare them a couple days in advance or even just the night before. You mix together just a couple of ingredients and it pulls together really easily and you can just grab and go the next morning. Okay. Um, it's even portable. If you want to put it in a little container or a mason jar, you can grab it on the go to school. So I can take this on my way to class. Exactly. Okay. So today I have two different variations of it, which is another great component of this recipe is that it's super customizable towards your preferences and what ingredients you have on hand. The first one I have utilizes fresh ingredients. So I have fresh blueberries as well as some crushed walnuts on top. The second option uh, comes with dried cranberries as well as some pumpkin seeds. And it utilizes dry ingredients, which could be a really useful way to um, use toppings for students who are living in traditional 
dorms. Okay. Uh, because you don't need to store it in a fridge. You can just kind of just have it on the side and top so it. So I have the one with the dried cranberries and yeah. pumpkin seeds. Okay. Go ahead and, and give that a taste. And then it's on the oats, right? Exactly. So wow. the oats, um, to make the base, is um, just three ingredients, actually. So all you need are some rolled oats, a milk of your choice. So if you're dairy-free, you can opt for some nut milks or whatever milk you prefer, and then some sort of liquid sweetener. So as you can see, super general recipe, really customizable to what ingredients you have on hand. Okay, perfect. Let me try it right now. Go for it. Mmm. Good? So delicious, Ashlyn. Oh, my goodness. I was not expecting. Mmm. Excellent. Ashlyn, this is giving me fuel already. <laughs> I can feel the fuel going through my body. I love to hear it. Yeah, I'm glad you really enjoyed the recipe. It's one of my favorites in the book, and it's super easy. So a great one for all students to utilize. And this is overnight. I would prepare it from the night before. Just right. To, okay. Yeah, exactly. So, so this doesn't seem like it takes long. No. So it's about five minutes to make the recipe. Just a couple of mixing of ingredients. And again, you can just make it the night before, grab and go the next morning. So you absolutely have no cook time in the morning. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love that. So delicious. As I like to say, yummy for my tummy. <laughs> Let's go to our next station. Absolutely. So Ashley, one of the things that you talk about in the book is about accessibility and affordability of foods. Mm -hmm. Usually those two things are in conflict with one another. Right. Most people don't think you can eat healthy and eat well and still be affordable. Mm -hmm. So can you just break some of those myths for us as, as we uh, learn about some of the foods in front of us? Absolutely. So affordability and accessibility are two of the main themes that we centered around for this cookbook. Um, and so all of the recipes and the articles included in the book try to highlight these two things and try to bridge the gap between affordability and accessibility. Got you. And a great example of a recipe that does this is our banana fritters recipe, okay. which I have in front of us today. We're gonna Can't make it to together. This. Yeah, we're gonna collaborate and make this together. It's a great utilization of um, overripe bananas that you may have sitting around on your countertop, or even as a great way of um, having an affordable option for, for ingredients. So for example, you can often buy ripe bananas uh, from the grocery store in the not perfect produce section. Okay. Um, and they can be super, it's a super affordable option. So yeah. So actually those old bananas I have in my house, I can now use them for my recipe. Exactly. I don't have to throw them out. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so let's get started with the recipe, why don't we? So I'm gonna start with mashing our bananas. Okay. And I'll ask you to start measuring some of the wet and dry ingredients for okay. me. Okay. Um, so, so we'll start put them in my bowl? You can, yeah, go ahead and put it in your bowl okay. and then we'll transfer it to my bowl. Okay, awesome. Okay. So yeah, I'll ask you to just um, measure out some vanilla, brown sugar, salt, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Okay. And then I will mash these bananas. So this says add one tablespoon of vanilla. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and in regards to affordability and accessibility, yep. we have a great article within the book that's titled Myth Busting, How, uh, What It Means to Eat a Balanced Diet. And it talks about some of the common misconceptions that we have around healthy eating. One of those being that uh, frozen and canned options aren't as healthy as fresh options. Right. And this can often present us with a barrier in thinking that frozen and canned food options that are typically more affordable than fresh options aren't good for us and therefore aren't accessible for healthy eating. Yes, and that perception is, is out there. And this is absolutely not true. So with frozen and canned foods, they are often uh, preserved at their peak times, meaning that these ingredients are 
contain the most nutrients that they could possibly have. So this could even mean that they're more healthy than the fresh produce and options we have at the grocery store. Wow. And because of this, it's a great option for students who are looking for easy ways to store ingredients as well, uh, putting that in the freezer, making them last longer, as well as canned options that also preserve ingredients. Uh, but again, helping students on a budget purchase nutritious ingredients um, that work for them and their uh, potentially financial situations. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I really encourage students as well as another tip to really see where they can utilize canned and uh, frozen goods. Um, it's definitely something that I relied on as a student living in res. Um, and so, yeah, definitely frozen and canned options. Don't stray away from those. They're fantastic for accommodating student budgets and um, the goal of building a healthy and balanced diet. And it sounds like I can afford that. Exactly, okay. yeah. All right, so now that the bananas are well mashed, okay. we can add in the ingredients that you've been setting aside, Clifton. So do you want to just pour that into my bowl? Sounds good. I hope I got it right. We're trusting it. Okay, Trusting the you. process. Yes. Trusting the process. Okay. Sounds good. All right. It is all Amazing. in the bowl. Can be mixed up. Okay. So the last step before we can get to frying is just separating out a cup of flour. So if you could do that for me while I mix in the green ingredients you placed in my bowl. Okay. I'll use one of our... Oh my God. Smell that. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Smells, smells great. great. All mixed in. You can really smell the cinnamon and the nutmeg, which... It's going to be so great once it's dried. And I have to tell you, Ashton is standing right beside you. I'm getting hungry. Oh, It well, smells so good. We've got this recipe and then another one to go. Okay. So, got lots to eat. And Ashton, how long would you say that this takes, beginning to end? Beginning to end, I would say about 10 minutes for prep oh. and then maybe another 10 minutes for frying. So, it's pretty quick. 20 minutes. 20 minutes and super quick, super easy, which is what all of us students need, right? Yes. So now that our flour is well combined, you can see that we have this thick batter-like consistency. Okay, yeah. And we can get started on frying then. Sounds good. Okay, so I'll ask you to just heat up the oil for us, Clifton. So we just have about a couple of tablespoons of oil. We've used avocado oil today. Okay. And uh, we'll just wait for that to heat up on medium-high heat before we place in our fritters. All right. This reminds me, if I'm first year, what equipment can I bring in? To yeah. my residence, or what would you recommend that we bring in? That's a great question. So it does differ a little bit whether you're living in traditional or sweet style dorms. But in general, this is what I feel like be a good list for someone living in a sweet style dorm or in an apartment. Right. If you're living in a communal, uh, if you're living in a traditional dorm with a communal kitchen, right. you might have to minimize this a little bit, but this is what's worked for me in suite style residences. Okay. I like to really minimize the amount of equipment I have to store in my dorms. Generally, you're with roommates, you don't have a ton of space, and so That's you want to maximize all the pieces of equipment that you're going to bring. And so, for example, I like to have one good pan and pot. And the sizes, and in regards to sizes, I like to have it medium size so that it's the most versatile for any serving recipe I need to make. Uh, having one really great pan and pot means you can really open up the repertoire of recipes you can create in your dorm. In addition to this, I like to have a, one good cutting board and one really great chef's knife. Again, a knife that can be multi-purpose and used for a variety of different purposes is really important in terms of minimizing equipment. And then from there, in regards to appliances, for example, you might really love your air fryer at home. I do. I love my air fryer. 
Um, but I think it's really important when you're selecting equipment to see what doesn't overlap and what are you going to use the most often. So for example, if you're someone who loves smoothies, will drink smoothies three, four times a week, definitely bring a blender. Okay. But if you're someone who's like, eh, I don't really have smoothies often, leave that at home. If it's not something you're going to use every day or at least multiple times a week, don't go for it. Okay. Um, and try to pick appliances that don't overlap in functionality. So for example, although you love your air fryer, Clifton, yes, I do. if you have an oven in your dorm, try to stick to using the oven for those purposes. Okay. There's little recipes that will make use of one over the other. And so just having the one appliance to do that one sort of task is good enough and important in minimizing equipment. Almost all you can want, all you can, everything exactly. in one, everything in one. It's all about versatility and multi-purpose. There you go. Okay, so now that the oil is heated well, to medium high heat, we're just gonna drop a few dollops of our batter in the pan and flatten it out. Okay. Okay. So we'll give this a try. Just go like that. Wow. Yes, I can hear the sparkling. And then we'll flip it when it gets golden brown on that one side and then do the same on the other. Okay. So do you have a favorite recipe? Oh, that is such a good question. My favorite recipe is a recipe that I didn't create myself, but my colleague Valentina did. And okay. it's the Mediterranean pasta salad recipe. Ooh. I am a big fan of pasta salad. Yes. And it's such a great recipe to meal prep because you can keep it in the fridge and pasta salad is best eaten cold. And so I love to just throw it in the fridge, eat it throughout the week, and it makes use of my favorite ingredients. I love olives, I love feta cheese, and so it's the perfect one for me. Okay, so this looks like it's just about ready. Right, so it's golden brown on both sides. Okay. How is it? Oh my Ashlyn, it's so good. I'm glad you like this it. This is so delicious and I can taste the cinnamon, which is one of my favorite ingredients. Yes. It really gives it a nice little flavor and kick to it. Mm -hmm. I could eat five of those. <laughs> it was so good. Thank you. Oh, glad to hear it. That's number two that's yummy for my tummy. Yay. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then we have another recipe over here. Yeah. So another one of the myths that we also talk about in this book is how commonly cultural foods aren't seen as healthy. So Clifton, let me ask you a question. What are the main meals or foods that come to mind when you think of a healthy diet? I always think of salads. So I think of tomatoes and avocados mm -hmm. and carrots mm -hmm. and cucumbers and things like that. Stuff that my mom throws in her garden. It's <laughs> almost like if it doesn't come from the garden, it's not healthy. Exactly. So often we are fed this idea that only these stereotypical, commonly seen Western meals can be healthy and that our cultural foods that we you know like to enjoy at home are not as healthy or cannot be a part of a nutritious diet and this is absolutely a myth rather all culture all cultures have dishes that promote a balanced diet and contain ingredients that are fueling for you as a student and so it's super important for us as the creators of this book to ensure that we myth busted this exact um, notion and to include recipes that are uh, that stem from our cultural heritages 
and showcase how you can build a balanced diet using these cultural dishes. And so today in front of us, our last recipe of the day okay. is one that stems from my Vietnamese heritage. And I'll be teaching you how to roll Vietnamese spring rolls. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm excited. This looks delicious already. Yeah, I love this recipe because not only is it uh, super nutritious for you, has protein, has carbs, has fresh veg in it, but also um, it's really great because it's cooling. So in the summer, it's a perfect recipe. Yes. And it's great for on-the-go eating because you're rolling the rolls. You can just eat them as you go, walking down the street, bring them to class, um, eat them with your hands. So it's super easy to bring around. Um, and it's super customizable as well. You can really pack them with any sort of ingredients you like. It doesn't have to be traditional, but today I've brought some traditional Vietnamese ingredients to put in these spring rolls. So you have your items already boxed? Yes. And then all you have to do is roll them? Exactly. Sounds very easy. So all that you'll need uh, for today, at least the traditional version of um, Vietnamese spring rolls, are rice paper sheets. Okay. Um, and so these come dry in a package and um, you'll just need to wet them before using them. And I'll show you what that looks like. Okay. And then we have our fillings. So um, when you're trying to select fillings, I recommend having some sort of carb source. So a great one is a vermicelli noodles. This is also very traditional and commonly used in Vietnamese cuisine. And then to select some veg and protein. So with uh, protein, you can really put anything you'd like. Today, I have boiled pork belly and shrimp, and then some sort of crunchy veg. So I've brought cucumber in today, but I've seen lots of people use carrots and bell peppers as well. You can really experiment with what you like. And then I've also brought some traditional Vietnamese herbs that you can put in, and they really pack a punch and great at elevating the flavor. Okay. Okay, so we'll Looks get started delicious. on rolling then. All right. Um, so we'll each grab a rice paper sheet. Okay. So I have one and you have one. Mm -hmm. And in this bowl here, I just have some lukewarm water. And mm -hmm. all I'm going to do is dip the entire rice paper in the water. And you just want it to wet all of the sides, but not get soft in your hands. You want to make sure you take it out before then. So it's only about five seconds you're dipping this okay, in the water. So I'm dipping all the sides. Yeah. Okay. That's for about five seconds. And we are good to go. And you're going to place it on your plate. And with me here today, on top of our plate, I have this device that my family actually DIY. Um, it's just made out of plastic mesh. You can commonly find it in craft stores or hardware stores. And it's a great method of making sure that the rice paper that will get tacky doesn't stick to your plate. Makes rolling a lot easier. Sounds like a very handy tool. We have to put it on our website for everybody to see. Yeah, it's a great tip to make this process a little bit easier. Sounds good. So we're just going to wait for the rice paper to um, dry and it will become a little tacky. It shouldn't be wet. It'll just be a little tacky. Okay. Before that, we can just take a look at our fillings and decide how we're going to fill them. Okay. We're going to place the fillings in the center of the rice paper sheet because it's shaped in a circle. Doing it in the middle is best and in a length. Uh, lengthwise sort of fashion. So I'll show you what I mean as we build. I would recommend in regards to filling, starting off with some uh, vermicelli noodles as the base, placing on about two pieces of shrimp, two pieces of pork belly, topping with a couple pieces of cucumber and then herbs as you'd like. Okay. Okay. I'm just following you, Excellent. So you lead the way. Got it. So we'll take some of our vermicelli noodles. So we'll just take a little bit out and it's really to your preference how much you want to add of each ingredient, but it's... um. You want to make sure you're not overstuffing them. Okay. Yeah. So just gonna place it in the middle. In the middle. Okay. And as you can see, I'm kind of just spreading it out lengthwise, okay. so that we can roll um, and make sure that it keeps its shape. Lengthwise. Yeah. Okay. And then we can select our protein. So okay. have some shrimp and just sort of place it on top, build upwards. Just so you know, Ashlyn, I love shrimp. 
Shrimp is amazing. It's so great for you. Super filling. And then we have the pork belly too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everything goes in the middle, right? Correct. Okay. Some cucumber. Grab a couple pieces of that. And then some herbs. So these are grown from my backyard. Okay. <laughs> um, and some options here I have are uh, Thai basil and some perilla leaves. So just place a couple of leaves as you see fit. Again, totally customizable. Sometimes I opt to not put any in. I often get in trouble for that because my parents are like, you have to eat it with the herbs. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So once we built it, as you can see now, the rice paper is just tacky and it's not wet. Nope. And we can get started on folding. Okay. So. We'll start at the base of the rice paper roll on one side, and you're gonna take the edge, peel it off. Sorry, did mine get stuck? Okay, here we go. Yeah. All right. And we're gonna bring it over the center of the fillings over. and tuck under. The center. And pull tight. Tuck under, okay. And then we're gonna All bring, right. we're gonna roll it forward a little bit and bring the center in. Okay. Bring the centers in, the sides, and then roll to complete. And there we have it. Wow. Should be a cylinder shape and nothing should be falling out. Yours looks better than mine, <laughs> Ashlyn. Practice makes perfect, okay. so we'll give it another go. But we'll just set this aside for now. Okay. And this is what's great about this recipe. You can prep a bunch of rolls in advance and then you can uh, pack them away or just eat them all together at the end. Okay. All right, you want to try this again, Clifton? Yes, I'll try one more time. Okay. Okay. So you're gonna start off with the rice paper. Rice paper first. Mm -hmm. You're gonna dip it into the water. Five seconds. Yeah. All the sides. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. And you're gonna place it on your plate and device. On my plate and device. Let it dry a little bit, but you Again, can start thinking Again, your handy tool we're gonna to have on our website for everyone to see. <laughs> Perfect. You can start thinking about what ingredients. So how did you feel about the last one? Do you feel like it was too full? Not Probably had too many, too many ingredients. Okay. I got a little greedy, actually. No problem. So maybe cut down a little bit on the noodles, cut down maybe on one of the pieces of protein. Okay. Your choice. All right. You can start can I go now? Yeah. Okay. So I'll have less noodles. Right in the center. Okay, that's good for noodles. Mm -hmm. And I'll have some shrimp. Did I tell you that I love shrimp? You did tell me that you I love shrimp. <laughs> Uh, Ashlyn, can you buy a bag of frozen uh, cooked shrimp Abs for this recipe? Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's already cooked and ready to go? You can absolutely do that. And like I said, any protein works here. And it's a great, I, I love how you mentioned that because it plays along my tip of using pre-cooked foods. Yes, exactly. Minimize this cooking process. And honestly, if you have pre-cooked proteins in, in this recipe, you're spending less than five minutes on cook time. Wow. So yeah, it's a great hack. Okay. okay so I have all my ingredients. Mm -hmm. A little lesser than the first one. Okay. I'm a little ambitious. You know what I mean? So now. Hopefully this time goes better. So yes. again, we're going to start at the base. Just okay. peel off the rice paper at the base. And we're going to make sure it's pulled tightly over the center of the ingredients. Right? Yeah. Perfect. So tuck it under a little bit. Tuck Great. It under. Okay. Roll it forward slightly. Okay. So I tuck it under. Oops. I roll it forward. Yep. And then you're going to tuck the edges in, inwards. Okay. Put these edges yeah. in. Yeah. That's what I didn't do last time mm -hmm. properly. Okay. And then you're just going to roll it forward to complete. How's that? Oh. Yay! Wow! That Can I actually try it now? Absolutely. So I'm going to serve it for you with okay. some um, of this peanut sauce that we make at home. And it's a great way to increase the savoriness of the recipe. But again, you could 
opt to go without it, but it's a, a great addition. I'll just serve you some on your plate, if that's okay with you. Yeah, so feel free to dip it in that okay. as you taste test. I'll also have a bite. Mm-mm, so good. Mm. Ashlyn, I have to say, this might be my new favorite recipe. <laughs> this might be my new favorite recipe, Ashlyn. This is so good and easy to make. I'm glad you enjoyed. And you're already a rolling expert, so. Mm. <laughs> How's the peanut sauce? Nice addition. Oh, I'm glad to hear. The other two are yummy for my tummy, but this takes the cake. Oh, I and love it. so it. good, Ashlyn. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh. And thank you for your great demonstrations. I learned so much today. Mm -hmm. Just before you go, mm -hmm. can you talk about the connection between good eating and health and well-being? Especially with your background as one of our peer health educators at York U. Absolutely. The so, importance of it all. Food in regards to what you eat, it is the foundation of having strong physical as well as mental health. Um, so talk about each component individually. So oftentimes we don't really make the connection between food and mental health, but the two are absolutely connected. Um, so one of the topics that we talk about as peer health educators is food and mood and how food affects your mood directly. Oh, love that. Food and mood. Mm -hmm. And it has been biochemically proven that the brain and your stomach and your gut are directly connected through something called the gut-brain axis. So what exactly does that mean? So to simplify it, it means that our gut and what we and you know obviously the storage of all the food that we eat has its own nervous system and is directly connected to our central nervous system where our brain is they're connected via nerves and neurotransmitters which are these small chemicals that communicate throughout our body right so you can imagine that if our gut isn't happy because we're not eating nutritious foods that are promoting um a variety of nutrients and uh, vitamins and minerals that that directly will affect our central nervous system therefore affecting our mood as well as cognitive processing. And you can imagine that for students who are focused on academic success, uh, as well as just physical and mental well-being, that this can be extremely, extremely uh, damaging. And so it's important that we think thoroughly about what we're feeding ourselves because it does have a direct effect on how we feel um, and how well we're able to concentrate in class as students. And then obviously food is directly connected to our physical health. Food is what fuels us. And so if we're not getting the appropriate amount of fuel and types of fuel, we're not going to feel good. We're not going to have the energy to go about our days um, and feel physically well. So the two are absolutely interconnected and it's super important that we consider nutrition and its role in other factors of our health. And so there's a strong interconnection between food, well-being, and success at York University. Exactly. Wow. Amazing. Ashley, I've learned so much today and I really want to congratulate you once again on this outstanding project. And you mentioned that the main goal of this cookbook is to create positive approaches to well-being on campus. Mm -hmm. I really want to say mission yeah. accomplished. Thank you so Congratulations, much. Congratulations and thank you for spending time with me today. I really enjoyed it, Ashley. Thank you so much, Kofan. It was so lovely to get to try out all these recipes with you and was so happy to get to share my passion about what the inspiration of this book comes from and share the story behind it with our students. And once again, that's Fuel, which is Feel Good University Eating and Living. I really want to thank our special guest today, Ashlyn Nguyen, for sharing her expertise and collaborating on this beneficial cookbook for the York University community. 
You can find links to all the services Ashley mentioned in the show notes for this episode, along with more information, tips, and resources at go.yorku.ca forward slash WB podcast. Click on the episode's link and look for Fuel Cookbook. This episode was co-produced by the Wellbeing in You podcast team. Our podcast coordinator is Prableen Luthra. Our technical editor is Hassan Chever. And I am your host, Clifton A. Grant. Please remember this. Be good to yourself and let's be good to each other. Let's make kindness the new normal. Thank you for listening. <laughs>